Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Actually, you're going to hear this on a Monday because we start by reacting to the Denzel Ward extension news. So Mary Kay Cabot and I get into uh, that story, our reaction to him signing a contract that makes him the highest paid cornerback in the NFL by yearly average. So that's right off the top. Then we get into uh, the latest on Jarvis Landry and Jadavion Clowney. And then we answer some questions from our Football Insider subscribers. So that's all coming up here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. If you're not a subscriber, the blue banner at the top of the page at cleveland.com slash browns is where you start to get info, get signed up, get that daily newsletter, get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, and of course, become one of our text subscribers. Okay, here we go. It is time for our latest edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on our Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, but we've got some news to get to here on this edition of the podcast. We are recording this. It's about 3.45 here on Monday and a little over an hour ago, Mary Kay, as you reported, Denzel Ward signed his extension. It's the extension Browns fans have been waiting for all offseason. It is a big one. He is the highest paid cornerback uh, by yearly average in the NFL. The surprise isn't that it got done, Mary Kay, but I'm wondering if you're surprised at the number. You know what, Dan? Actually, not really surprised at the number because it's all about timing. When you're the next man up in terms of receiving your extension and you're at that type of position, a premium position where you are going to get paid, uh, there's a really good chance you are going to become the highest paid player at your position because you're the next guy up. Now, you might only be that for three months or two months. We've seen that happen before. Uh, But in order to actually get the deal done, usually you have to become the highest paid guy at your position. We've seen it happen with Joel Batonio. We've seen it happen with Wyatt Teller. And then Joel Batonio comes in and then he's the highest paid guard in the NFL. So that's what happens. You're up for your extension. You get that market deal. And then the next guy comes in and negotiates off of what you got. But as we have seen, uh, salaries are skyrocketing at many positions and cornerback is one of them. So here now is Denzel Ward making just over $20 million a year. It's $20.1 million a year in his new money average, uh, which is just slightly ahead of Jalen Ramsey, who has $20 million in his uh, yearly average. So good for Denzel. It's a good feels good story for the Cleveland Browns right now. So, uh, you know, with this deal now, Denzel obviously locked up for a long time. Um, 
I guess when you kind of look at this core, right, I, I kind of have looked at what the Browns have done, not just this offseason, going back. So Miles Garrett is locked up. Deshaun Watson is locked up. Denzel Ward is locked up. And the oldest of those three guys is Deshaun. He doesn't turn 27 until September. Uh, Denzel turns 25 in about 10 days here. This is kind of, and, and there's other guys too. You mentioned Joel, you mentioned Wyatt. Nick Chubb, of course, has been extended. Kareem Hunt was extended a while ago. The Browns have acquired some guys too. But I mean, the heart of this is the three most important positions in football. The Browns have three guys locked up for a long time and they're all pretty young. Yeah. And you know what? There was a tweet that went out today that helped me to understand and realize why Andrew Barry is so good at doing this. You may have seen it yourself, Dan. His, uh, his wife, Britton, uh, tweeted some, some cute little photos or pieces of paper out of like a loose leaf notebook, uh, which must have, he must, she must have gotten from his parents or something that showed that he has been working on salary cap stuff since he was in fifth grade. So like he did that for fun when he was a fifth grader. So uh, I just thought that was really kind of funny. So this is what, you know, this is what he lives for. This is what he's all about. And, uh, and he is really, really good at maneuvering the cap around and being able to keep his own guys. And still at this point, and like you said, he's got the core under contract right now. That, that's why it was so important for them to go out and to acquire a Deshaun Watson, because it was all leading to this. It was all leading to being able to contend for a Super Bowl. And of course, in order to do that, you have to have the quarterback. Uh, so that's what this is all about. And Denzel is obviously a very, very key piece of this. Now they've got, uh, again, their core guys, they're those high picks, the, the Mileses. You've got the, the Denzels, the Knicks, then you've got your guards. Uh, it's all starting to come together. Now they're adding in some of those young pieces like the Greg Newsoms and the JOKs. And, uh, and this is, again, what Andrew Barry has been working on since he was like 11. <laughs> well, the, you know, the interesting thing, too, is Denzel is kind of. It's not just Andrew Barry working on this, right? Because I was thinking about this. Denzel is a guy that, so of course, Sashi Brown makes the trade out of number 12. That turns into the number four pick. Of course, that could have been Deshaun Watson. That turns into the number four pick, which John Dorsey turns around and uses on Denzel Ward. And now Andrew Barry turns around and extends Denzel Ward. So it's just sort of, he's kind of the the thread that kind of ties these, these three regimes together. Obviously, Andrew working under Sashi in, in that initial stint in Cleveland, but uh, he, he kind of ties these three regimes together that sort of this roster has been pieced together with. Right. And, you know, people seem to forget. I actually was listening to somebody on ESPN this morning saying this regime didn't draft Baker Mayfield. Well, technically, no, because John Dorsey pulled the trigger uh, in that draft. But uh, but uh, Andrew Barry was 100 percent on that staff when they drafted Baker Mayfield and when they drafted Denzel Ward. So he is part of this. And, you know, you have a tendency for, to forget because he's only heading into his third season as GM, but he's been around for a while in uh, two different iterations. And like you said, yes, he is keeping uh, the core uh, part of this team together. Uh, he's got David Njoku now um, franchised and possibly maybe going to get an extension of his own at some point uh, before July. So, uh, so Andrew's doing a really, really nice job of not only putting the team together or helping to put the team together, but keeping the team together. And that's key. 
And you, this is what you have to do in order to do that. You have to give these guys deals that they feel really, really good about. Denzel Ward feels good today. They didn't try to give him an undermarket deal. They didn't try to do something where like, oh, hey, we're not going to make you the number one paid cornerback, but we'll make you number three or four. I mean, no, he gets to walk away from this today feeling really, really good about his career. And, and you know, it's also a hometown story. Uh, him being from Macedonia, going to Nordonia High School. Uh, so I think it's one that Browns fans can embrace and feel good about too. Yeah, I, th- I mean, obviously that's the other piece of this is like, this is a guy that grew up in the area, went to Ohio State. I mean, this is someone that Northeast Ohio fans have known for a while. If anybody ever saw him play at Nordonia, they knew how kind of how special he was. And then, uh, you know, ends up at Ohio State and has a great career there. And then the Browns draft him. It's you don't get many stories like this, you know, in, in many places. You don't get guys who kind of grow up in the area, embrace being from the area, and it ends up, you know, maybe he ends up ending his career here. I, I think there's a lot of football left in him, uh, but this is certainly trending towards him being able to to eventually end his career as Cleveland Brown. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this keeps him here through as it is 2027. Now, doesn't that sound like a long ways away, 2027. <laughs> uh, but the truth of the matter is, as we have come to find out uh, more so than we want to, those five years come and go pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, this should keep him here for most of the rest of his career. And if he's still playing at a high level, uh, maybe he can get another extension beyond that. But certainly for the core of his career, when he's in the prime of his career, he will be here as a member of the Cleveland Browns helping his hometown team. And again, now with Deshaun Watson, uh, everyone hopes that that ends in a Lombardi trophy. Yeah, he'll be turning 30, 30 that year. So it's, it's kind of jarring how young he is. You know, I mentioned Miles and I mentioned Deshaun. They're both still relatively young, but Denzel came into the league really young as well. And like I said, he turns 25 here in about 10 days. So he's kind of that, that youngest of that core group. So Denzel might have another big contract left in him here if uh, if he's still playing at a high level there at age 30. Yeah, you know what? I mean, cornerbacks and receivers can still get paid uh, at age 30. And sometimes it happens even before that. You start to get your extension. Uh, so definitely good for him. And it is it does always amaze me how, you you know, it seems like a guy's been around forever. And then you look down, it's like, <laughs> oh, they're 24. <laughs> like, how does that happen, right? Um but yeah, it, it's amazing. But that's one of the reasons why uh, Andrew Barry and his crew, they really do like to get them when they are coming out of school very young like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. I mean, they, they really do. That's a factor for them. They look at that. Yeah, I was going to say get used to it because they draft young guys. I mean, Greg Newsom was a really young guy as well, um, even though he played three years at Northwestern. That's that's one of the, the things they prioritize, especially in those early draft picks. So uh, get, get used to looking at some of these guys' ages when they're signing these extensions and being like, wait a minute, he's only this old? What's, what's going on here? Um, okay, so I, I guess that's it with Denzel. Do we hit on everything? Are we ready to move on to uh, some more topics or is there anything else you wanted to add about him? You know what? Let me just add real quick um, the fact that he is a two-time Pro Bowler. I think that's important. You know, when you take someone that high, you want them to end up in the Pro Bowl. And so I think he's lived up to his number four overall status. And I just think he pairs so nicely with Greg Newsom, who you just mentioned a few minutes ago. I think those two guys together 
are going to play really well together for the foreseeable future and give the Browns just a, a lockdown pair back there. I don't think that Greg Newsom has even scratched the surface yet of what he's going to be. And so I think the Browns can feel really good about what they have in their defensive backfield. I, I do want to add also, because we did, we did mention this guy's name, but I, I think it's still important that he, that he gets credit because, you know, when, when things don't end well here, there's this tendency to go back and pile on and, and just look at the bad stuff. But this was not a no-brainer of a pick for John Dorsey. This right. wasn't like, oh, Denzel's, yeah, of course, you're going to take Denzel Ward at number four. Of course, that's what you're going to do. Um, you know, Bradley Chubb was on the board. There were other people available there that he could have taken. And I don't know that there were a ton of people who were mocking Denzel Ward to the Browns. Not that mock drafts really matter, but, but there weren't really that many people saying, oh, the Browns are going to take Denzel Ward. He was on the radar, but, you know, for some of the bad that happened with John Dorsey here, this certainly goes in the good category. And he went, he, he identified a guy, went and got him. It wasn't just because he was at Ohio State or was a hometown guy. He was a, re- a really good football player who checked a lot of boxes that we know John Dorsey likes. So, you know, certainly, like I said, we like to pile on people when they leave here. But, you know, J- John deserves a lot of credit for going and getting Denzel Ward in a spot where it wasn't necessarily obvious. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you on that, Dan. I remember we vividly remember looking back to that draft and he actually consulted with then defensive coordinator Greg Williams and let Greg sort of break the tie between Bradley Chubb and Denzel Ward. I mean, he went to Greg and basically was like, what do you need more? And and Greg uh, decided that at that time he needed that lockdown cornerback. And you're right. That was not a no brainer there. I think there were some people that thought the Browns reached a little bit to take Denzel Ward there. So it's nice to see him live up to that number four overall status. That's hard to do. And I still think he's got more in his game. I think he showed some of that at the end of last year. He got off to a little bit of a rocky start. And we would ask Joe Woods about it. And Joe would say he's trying too hard. And um, and they kind of just stuck with it. I think it had a lot to do with the fact that he missed most of training camp with a hamstring injury. That never seems to to go very well in the beginning of of the season for a guy. Uh, But they just kind of stuck with him and he stuck with it. And you could see how hard he was working. I know he worked really hard on his ball skills. He tied his career high with three interceptions this year. I think he's got more where that came from. Uh, But I think he got better. I thought he played his best ball in the second half of the 2021 season. And I think that bodes well for the future. Yeah, And look, one of Andrew Berry's kind of, what we think are his core philosophies is you never have enough corners. Mm-hmm. And that's again, that's sort of a John Dorsey thing too. Like he was really big on drafting corners and, and beefing up the secondary and, and really attacking that position. So, um, so some credit to him as, as we see some of these guys get drafted and developed. I mean, that that's how you build a team. You draft well and you develop well. Okay. Let's take a break. And then when we come back, Uh, A couple other newsy items to get to. If we have time, we'll try to get to some of those questions that our our Football Insider subscribers uh, sent in. But with the Denzel Ward news, it kind of changed the dynamic of the pod here. Uh, But we have uh, a couple other things that we want to touch on on the other side here. And back on the Orange or Brown Talk podcast, I'm Mary Kay. (laughs) I'm rereading this, and, and I just have to laugh because this is sort of where, this is where we are as as a business sometimes. So. You wrote on, I believe it was Sunday, maybe it went up Saturday, I can't recall, but the, and in your insider about 
the Carolina Panthers and their interest in Baker Mayfield, how that might be a possible landing spot. And of course, included all in all this is Robbie Anderson, the uh, Panthers wide receiver responding to a few Instagram accounts. Uh, one of them is Panthers nation, but the nation is a one. Uh, so it's N-A-T-1-I-O-N. And of course, we have to write this out in our stories. And it looks completely ridiculous when you write this stuff out and have to look at it in that way. But this is where we are, Mary Kay. Is Robbie Anderson going to be happy or unhappy here in about two weeks? Oh, I think he's going to be unhappy, Dan. <laughs> I think there's a good chance that he's going to be unhappy. I think the only way that he's not unhappy is if the Panthers ultimately decide that they're just going to take a chance on Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or maybe somebody else in the draft and just say, you know what, we're going to go with Sam and we're going to go with the rookie and we're going to let those two battle it out and see where this goes. Because as of right now, he re they really do offer the very best chance for the Browns to make a trade. Uh, they've got the inside track and it could happen. It could happen either before, during, or just after the draft. If it doesn't happen at any of those three points, then, you know, then I think there is a chance that they kind of back out of it and say, no, we're going to go this different way. And they could be keeping things really close to the vest right now because they certainly uh, don't want some other team to know that they're going to draft Malik or Kenny if they decide to do that or Desmond or whatever. Um, but if this is going to happen and if it's going to happen somewhere around draft weekend and draft weekend, as we know, is coming up in 10 days, uh, then I think the Panthers have the absolute best shot of trading for Baker Mayfield. And of course, this comes from, you know, a few weeks ago when there was mutual disinterest. Well, now maybe there's going to be mutual interest because maybe both sides just don't have better options. That's sort of how things go in the NFL. Like maybe you aren't interested in a guy, but at some point you got to have a quarterback. Yes, absolutely. So mutual disinterest can quickly turn into mutual interest. And on the part of Baker Mayfield, that mutual disinterest uh, was occurring at a time when he, I think he thought he had a pretty good chance of going to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, it may have been back when he still thought he had a chance of going to the Colts. I can't remember if that report came out after that or before that, but, um, but anyways, so um, yeah, so I, uh, I think that, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be, be very interesting to see how this goes because Baker Mayfield doesn't have as many choices as he thought he originally would. And he wanted to go to a team that had a chance of winning right away. And that's not necessarily going to be the Panthers, but they do give him a chance to start. And so he's going to, he has to weigh that, you know, do you go and, and start right away and give yourself a chance to, to rebuild your career? Or as we talked about before on this pod, do you go somewhere and just kind of sit behind someone on a good team and wait till somebody says, Hey, Baker Mayfield's over there. We, we need a starter. And I mean, if I'm Robbie Anderson, would I rather have Sam Darnold throwing me the ball or Baker Mayfield? And I know that like, look, Baker was bad last year, but, and, and Baker hasn't been outside of some stretches. He hasn't been like a top 10 guy, but I think I would rather have him over Sam Darnold as, as my quarterback. 
Well, I'll tell you what is at play there, Dan, and I'm sure you're going to agree with me on this. When you have struggles the way that Baker Mayfield did with Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. And then Odell Beckham Jr. suddenly (laughs) goes out uh, to the LA Rams and is catching touchdown passes and wins a Super Bowl ring and suddenly looks really good. That's going to give a lot of receivers pause. Okay. Not only that, if you look at most of the Browns pass catchers, they did not fare well uh, with Baker Mayfield last year. Now, Baker Mayfield is attributing that to his injury. And, you know, I, I think that other people are attributing that to his injury now, too. I know the Browns feel it was a factor, at least. Baker feels it was a big factor. And, you know, we'll, we'll have to see if it really was, because now he has had his left shoulder repaired. He won't be wearing the harness. And it's an opportunity for him to go out and show that he still is a really good quarterback. Speaking of Odell Beckham Jr. and Instagram weird accounts, there's like a million weird Odell Beckham Jr. news accounts out there. I think I've weeded most of them out, but uh, it's, Instagram is a weird place. That's what I'm. That's what I'm figuring out between this and these random Panthers accounts and all these weird Odell Beckham Jr. news accounts. Instagram's just a weird place. Yeah, it is a weird place, Dan. And I think we're going to have to just keep uh, trying to. And in some cases, through our children, uh, <laughs> keep on top of what the next weird place is because you know, like TikTok is so huge uh, for for the younger set. And if you're not, are you all into TikTok, Dan? I, I am not. Sometimes I have to watch like dog videos. My wife <laughs> or my daughter will show. Well, maybe like my daughter's not on TikTok, but my wife will show her like a dog video, and then she'll be like, "Oh, Dad, you gotta watch this." So. I see dog videos on TikTok. That's, that's my, (laughs) my TikTok level right now. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, like you said, Snapchat, it gets weird out there. Well, it's going to continue to get weird on uh, TikTok and uh, Snapchat and everything else that's uh, coming down the pipe. (laughs) All right. Let's talk a little Jarvis Landry. Uh, th- this is still hanging out there. Um, and of course this was in your insider column too. Uh, and, and I was thinking today, kind of along the lines of what you wrote as I was looking at some guys that could be there at number 44, some guys that could be there at number 78. You know, we had Mike Renner on the pod last week and he was talking about some of the receivers available that it does sort of feel like, you know, look, Jarvis isn't really in much of a rush right now. It doesn't seem maybe the offers that he was hoping would be there just aren't there uh, financially. And the Browns don't seem to be in much of a rush either. I mean, could this just come down to if the Browns get the guys they want in the draft or could they get the guys they want and still bring back Jarvis? How, how could this all play out? You know, I think it could be both. You know, I think that, you know, maybe they have Jarvis and Jadavian and a couple of other guys just kind of waiting in the wings a little bit and they see what happens in the draft. And if they're wildly excited about who they, who they land in the draft and, you know, let's, what if they end up with, drafting two receivers, you know, then maybe you don't necessarily need a Jarvis Slander anymore. Or if you draft two defensive linemen, maybe you don't need a Jadavian anymore. So I think it could be a situation where they're going to see how the draft plays out and, and then go from there. And when, when all the musical chairs stop, they could end up with a rookie receiver, a rookie defensive end and Jarvis and Jadavian, or they could end up with two rookies and two rookies and no Jarvis and no Jadavian. I think they will still end up with uh, a veteran defensive lineman. Now they just, while we're on this pod, they signed, they re-signed Sheldon Day. 
Um, but, um, and, and Stephen Weatherly, defensive end Stephen Weatherly. Uh, so they're adding pieces in. Uh, so it could go either way. And I think it will come down to what happens on Friday and Saturday of the draft. Yeah, Weatherly's a, a veteran guy. He's been in the league since 2016. Um, he's had a couple, had a couple three sack seasons in Minnesota. I had a couple two and a half sack seasons. Seems like more of a depth, maybe a competition type of guy. But um, you know, th- those are the they they need that. Like they need, you know, right now you're so reliant on guys like Curtis Weaver and Port Augustine, and like you just need to have some of those veteran guys who have done it before that can even be your like your fourth or fifth guy. Yeah, well, when we did the pod the other day, remember when um, when Scott observed that there are only six defensive linemen on the roster right now? Well, as of right now, Dan, there are eight. So, <laughs> so um, you know, so like you said, they do need depth there. They need bodies there, and they will continue to add them. Uh, I would think that you'll see an influx of at least three more defensive linemen, maybe four by the start of camp. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see what they do in the draft at 44 and and 78. I think a lot of that, because they sort of have to wait for the draft to fall a a certain way. Um, I I think a lot of that has to uh, sort of has to play out here um, as as we go along. So I want to get to a couple of insider questions as I'm scrolling through one of these. One of them is, uh, is there an update on extending Denzel Ward? Well, Tim in Indiana is a, uh, a very happy man. Uh, as the Browns, as we mentioned earlier off the top, did extend Denzel Ward. I thought there was an interesting one from the 330 area code going back to Baker Mayfield. Um, so th- let's just do this one. Hey, Mary Kay, did Baker overplay his hand as the first pick in the draft? Too much ego and throwing his, away- his weight around with media and in the locker room. And if so, do you think that's hurting the Browns moving him to another team? You know, I think there's something to be said for that. I, I do think so. I think that Baker came in with uh, obviously a very, very high opinion of himself. And you should have a high opinion of yourself when you have just won the Heisman and you're the number one overall pick. But I do think that there is a, uh, a little bit of humility that you have to get when you come into the league and you have to understand that you have to earn it and that nothing is going to be given to you. And that just because you have a little bit of early success like he did as a rookie, it doesn't mean it will be sustained success. So he's got to learn some of those very tough lessons that will be coming his way. Because again, if he ends up with a team like the Panthers or someone else that's not ready to contend right away and doesn't have, you know, maybe necessarily the best talent around him, the way that the Browns really did, then, um, you know, then he might have a little bit of a rocky road and he's going to have to weather that storm and he's going to have to overcome it. I think he can win again. We debated last week, will he start another playoff game. I think he will start another playoff game, but, um, but, but nothing is guaranteed. I mean, nothing is guaranteed in that regard. And, you know, I think that, I mean, Joel Batonio found, found out the hard way in his career that, you know, going to the playoffs is, is not guaranteed even when you have a good football team. So he, he's got, he's got a lot to learn over the next three or four years and how he handles it will largely determine his success throughout the rest of his career. Okay, here's one from Tom in Middlebury, Connecticut. And this has to do with looking back at the last two drafts. Uh, Hey, Mary Kay, is there a player from the last two drafts who hasn't played much that you predict will step up and surprise us this year? I think he's hoping 
for a name that you're hoping for. Uh, he, he throws out Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, you know what? That's exactly the, the name that was going to come to mind for me. And, um, and one of the reasons why I would say that right now is because when you bring in a Deshaun Watson, it gives guys like Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones new life. It gives them an opportunity to look really, really good. So if Anthony is going to make something of his career this year and take that step up that they hope he takes in his second year, I think it has a good chance of happening with Deshaun. And he's going to have to work hard. He's going to have to continue to work really, really hard. I still think that his first year was derailed by injuries and concussion. I think he's got a really nice work ethic. And he has to go out there each day and continue to prove uh, that he's got what it takes to succeed in the NFL. But he does have the speed and he does have some raw talent. And we know that he's, uh, that he's very, very smart. We've heard Kevin Stefanski talk about him in terms of his processing ability. So now pair him with a really, really good quarterback that can throw him open, that can perhaps maybe help overcome a few of his deficiencies and, um, and try to help bring out the strengths in him. And I, I think he should fare pretty well this year. Yeah, and, you know, I think we know that these guys don't want to give up on draft picks. You know, they really invest that time and effort into studying these guys. And, learn. and you know, we all saw that draft day video. They were excited to get this guy where they got him. Um, but, I, you know, I think there were other people who were a little surprised that he went as high as he did. So, obviously, they saw some value in him to take him at the end of day two there. So, it's just I, they're not going to give up on him easily. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have to compete and it doesn't mean that he can't get beat out, but they're not going to just give up on the guy either. Right. And I think what they have demonstrated uh, this personnel department under Andrew Barry is they have their own evaluations that it just might not match up with everybody else's. I mean, they had JOK ranked as uh, a first rounder and they were ecstatic to get him where they did. And I think, it, like you said, it was the same sort of thing with Anthony Schwartz, they saw some traits in him. A lot of times it's traits for them. And with Anthony Schwartz, it was the speed along with the athleticism and the smarts. And they put all those things together and figured if we can just work on his hands and get him to improve that part of his game, then, um, and, and his route running, of course. But um, I think they saw things in him that other teams didn't. And we'll see over time if they're earning their money in that regard, but they're not going to march to everyone else's drummer. This is a, a regime that's going to do things their own way. And, and I think they're going to be really patient with their own, with their own mm -hmm. players. I think that's something they really value. Like if, if you're going to draft a guy, be patient with him, especially because look, it's not expensive. <laughs> you know, he's a third round pick, so it's not costing you that much money. All right, let's do one more. This is kind of a, I guess a fun one from Dave Barnes in Richmond, Virginia. Hey, Mary Kay, in all the years of covering the Browns, has there been one player in particular that you have really enjoyed covering, whether it's from personality traits or their off-field interests? I'm going to make you wow. rack your brain here. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of, of guys that I've really enjoyed covering. Um, I mean, it's impossible not to enjoy covering a Joe Thomas. I mean, like, he's, he's someone that, we've all enjoyed covering over the years uh, for, for many different reasons. But let me think in terms of uh, somebody that might not be as 
obvious. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the start, like Odell was, Odell was actually interesting. Like he wasn't just yeah. a big, like superstar player. He was, he was an interesting, yes, interesting he, guy. There was a lot that came with that. But. Yes. And you know what? I like, I like covering guys like that, where you have an opportunity to try to get to know them a little bit and pick their brains a little bit and find out what makes them tick. And I, I felt like I had an opportunity to do that with Odell and I really enjoyed it. I, I liked, you know, just talking to him. Uh, you know, his, his current girlfriend who just had um, their, their darling baby right around the Super Bowl time, you know, I, like I, I knew, I knew that she was the one a long time ago, you know, because just from talking to him about stuff like that, you know, in the locker room, just in passing about, you know, just stop. We would just talk about whatever, you know, life, whatever, art, travel, relationships. So I, I did enjoy talking to him a lot. And, and there were other, there were other guys like that too, um, that are, that are just cool guys to talk to. Christian Kirksey was, was interesting. Um, Sheldon Richardson was, Oh fun. yeah, that's a good one. Right. I mean, he was just somebody fun to just stand there and talk to at the locker where, you know, you could just talk to him about kind of anything. And he was funny. I think the guys that, that we, um, that we enjoy talking to the most are usually the ones that are, you know, have a lot of personality and they're funny and, you know, and you can, you can kind of just, uh, shoot the breeze with them a little bit. Yeah. Sheldon, you know, it's, I wish I could remember why, but I kind of randomly thought of Sheldon like over the weekend or like late last week. I, I can't remember why, but something popped into my head about Sheldon. Yeah. He was, he was sort of surprisingly, like I think we gave him the good guy award for the, like the most media yeah. friendly player. He was like surprisingly really cool with us because I think I remember in his first call with us, he almost indicated that he doesn't love doing media and he, he doesn't right. love that stuff, but he was awesome when, when he was yeah. in that locker room. Yeah, he, he was good. And then Ben Watson was somebody that I really enjoyed covering back in the day. Uh, he was someone that you could kind of get into those deeper conversations with about a little bit of everything uh, so he, he was somebody that I enjoyed, uh, really talking to there, there were a lot, I'm sure I'm forgetting many, many others, and hopefully we will be back in the locker room this year. So we can continue to develop those types of relationships and help people get to know these guys for who they really are. Yeah. And you know, the, the guy we didn't mention is, is miles, but part of that is because miles has been a little guarded in his time. So he's a really interesting guy, but I still feel it. So maybe now getting in the locker room again and, and this new miles, maybe we'll get a chance to, to get to know him a little better, but he's, he's obviously been a very interesting with all, all the things that he's into and um, all of that. He, he's been an interesting guy to cover too. Oh yeah, he really has. I mean, I should have mentioned him right off the top. My goodness. He's one of the most interesting guys you could ever want to talk to. And I try to go to all of his charity events too, and all of his philanthropic events and so it's been really cool to, to show up and, and watch him interact with artists and with family members at these things. And, you know, when, it, we, when I went to the unveiling of the portrait of him and his grandmother that exists down uh, in the Playhouse Square area down there, um, you know, those things are really cool. And I did actually, I have had a couple of occasions on which I've had an opportunity to just talk to Miles about things other than football for the most part. And it really is cool to, to pick his brains on a number of topics because 
He is a deep thinker. You can talk to him about poetry, nature, dinosaurs, life, animals, you know, Africa, water boys, you name it. So yes, he needs to go very high at the top of the list. All right, there we go. Kind of a mix of a, of a podcast for you. As Denzel Ward signs its extension, so uh, a little bit of that emergency pod style, I guess, <laughs> off the top. Uh, and then uh, some other newsy stuff before we get to some Hey Mary Kay questions. Uh, we got those questions from our Football Insider subscribers, which if you're not subscribed, you got to get subscribed. Mary Kay, you said at the draft, as we're recording this, is 10 days away, uh, which is Hard to believe. It's really kind of snuck up on us with the Browns not having a first-round pick, but it is here. We're going to have lots of stuff coming your way this week with the off-season program kicking off. We're going to hear from Andrew Barry at the end of the week, some new players in the middle of the week. So you've got to be a Football Insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great.